0: AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota, Todd Mickelson sitting in on the Matt McNeil show for today, and we have a special guest calling in right now, Senator Bobby Joe Champion, and he is also president of the Minnesota Senate. Hello, Senator Champion, how are you doing?
1: Hello, hello, and how are you, Todd? How are things going? Uh, Pretty well, pretty well. Um, well, th- well, thank you so much for having me on this cold, wonderful uh, a- afternoon.
0: Yeah, yes, yeah. The cold is back, and it's going to be even more so uh, over the weekend. But uh, I guess we, you know, we live in Minnesota; we know it's coming. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: So you uh you represent uh, district 59. It uh takes up parts of North Minneapolis. Um it does take up more of Minneapolis. I'm not sure how big it is.
1: Well, let me tell you just quickly. Yeah, uh, Senate uh, District 59 encompasses all of North Minneapolis, the North Loop, a portion of downtown, and also now I have a portion of uh what 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 would be considered northeast, but a southeast over by Saint Anthony, Maine. So I got some of uh, 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 Majority Leader, Senate Majority Leader Kerry 6 district. So I have a little of that district. So that okay. is what makes up uh, Senate District Fifty Nine. All
0: right, sounds good. So uh, so met so so many things happened in this last legislative session. Um, I, I'm really good friends with Kelly Morrison. I actually kind of recruited her to be a candidate when she first ran for House. Uh, out in my district, and I know you got a chance to work with her this year, uh, or uh, and uh, this last session, which was just—you know—I was just talking about parts of it um, in reading a <laughs> a fundraising letter that that David Hand sent me, <laughs> and and he lists all these things that uh, I think he thinks sound terrible, but the vast majority of Minnesotans really like. So what? Uh, this this past summer, for example, like uh, I remember talking to Melissa Hortman on the air here, and I said, "Well, what are you going to do with the summer now? You you've got everything done in this legislative session. So, how do you talk to Minnesotans about this last session?"
1: Well, the first thing that I say is that we uh, did a lot in order to move Minnesota forward. You know, there's so many uh, policy initiatives and budgetary issues. That have been left dormant, you know, when you think in terms of uh, the last several years, there were certain um, uh, policies that couldn't even get a hearing. Right. And uh, but Minnesota was begging for it and, and longing for it. And so by having the trifecta, along with Senator Morrison, all of us got a chance to really stick together and think about what. Minnesota was really looking for, whether you're talking about the PRO Act or whether you're talking about catalytic converters or tax reform or Juneteenth or the Crown Act, you just name it. You know, there's just a number of different things that we did in response to what Minnesota uh, needed. So this past summer, I was uh, fortunate to uh, not only be president, but I'm also chair of Jobs and Economic Development, where we got a chance to tour around the state and talk about and all the things that we did in order to move Minnesota forward. and they seem to be um, celebrating uh, uh, our work this uh, past legislative session.
0: Yeah, I certainly am. Uh, say you mentioned catalytic converters. so there is just so much that uh, you know, and I, I thought I was pretty up on most of the legislation, but what's the what what happened with catalytic converters?
1: Well, remember that, uh, uh, one, we were having a rash of individuals who were taking catalytic converters, right. uh, leaving, you know, car owners, you know, um, uh, 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 in sure. dire straits. Yeah. And so what that policy did is says, hey, if someone has a catalytic converter, it must be uh, uh, appropriately tagged. And if it's going to be sold to uh, someone in order to get money, it has to be you know, tag with a VIN number and attached to a vehicle so that it's properly done. And if the police find someone with a catalytic converter in their back seat and the proper inscriptions are not there, then we know that there's a problem. Because what happened in the past is police uh, uh, and law enforcement were saying, if we see someone with a catalytic converter, because we don't have anything in place, mm-hmm. there's no way for us to say if that person uh, is 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 legally or lawfully in possession of that catalytic converter. So right. there's some teeth in it. There's law that says that it has to be done and so it takes away the incentive for someone to sell it if they can't sell it.
0: Right. Okay. That's kind of what I was thinking what it probably was, but and and that was left dormant is that just because uh, I I don't know right now the Republican Party can't seem to agree with themselves to get anything done. That was long no. overdue legislation, right?
1: Oh, yeah, it was long overdue. Every aspect of Minnesota was saying it because everyone was seeing the problem. It wasn't just an urban problem. It was a rural issue. It was on the Iron Range. It was in uh, the suburbs. Uh, And so Senator John Marty led the fight on this catalytic converters, and we did pass it over the objection of our friends on the other side of the aisle who couldn't quite see past, you know, not wanting to do something that was uh, meaningful to Minnesotans. But we got it done.
0: Yeah. Great. Um, one of the things that, uh, w- was a big deal to me was paid family and medical leave. Um, I'm a small business owner and I used to work with a small business group and we were constantly going down uh, having meetings with legislators, uh, uh, being witnesses in committee hearings because I, I mean, I, I've been, I was working on that, uh, starting in like 2011 and, um, uh, and with this small group of small business owners. And I always told the story, you know, my main uh, – one of my main employees needed to have his hip replaced, and I paid him to stay home for three months, and it cost me, you know, a, a few thousand dollars, whereas if we had paid family and medical leave, it it could have cost me the same as buying him a cup of coffee once a week. And um, uh, so I would go down to the Capitol and say that, and and uh, it would surprise the Republicans, because they would see that an old white guy from a suburb who's a small business owner is coming to testify today, and then I, I wouldn't say what they hoped I was going to say, and they would, you know, <laughs> and um, so, I, I I mean, it was just unbelievable that that got passed so quickly in this session, and I and some of my friends from the small business group went down to witness it, and as happy as we were that it was getting passed you know we went and sat in the uh, gallery in the uh, senate chambers and uh, it was kind of excruciating and torturesome because the republicans were trying to stall 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 so they were getting up and just saying the most nonsensical things trying to fight against paid family and medical leave when they knew that it was going to pass so
1: my, yeah <laughs> Yeah, go ahead. So, so let me speak to that. Uh, one of the things that I want to thank you for and other small business owners is for them to uh, be so courageous to come and testify and tell their story and being committed to it for quite some time. And so earlier when I said, remember when I said that we passed things the Minnesotans have been looking for for quite some time. Yeah, right? yes. And so one of the things I want to give Senator least, Mann credit for is our Senate Majority Leader, Kerry Diesick said to all of us, no matter what the bills were, that you had to have an open mind and you had to have an open door for everyone, including uh, folks on the other side of the aisle, and right. for us to try to work as much as humanly possible with them in order to try to find common ground. And least, Mann for paid family and medical leave, she did that. She had yeah. tons of meetings and tried very hard to listen to uh, everyone, including folks uh, uh, from the other side of the aisle, but when it became clear that it was uh, there were tactics just to stall or to misrepresent information, we had to move forward because we mm. knew that it wasn't being done in good faith. We always hoped that they would join and would see that it's important for Minnesota for yeah. us to retain great um, workers and and businesses and entrepreneurs here in our state to make sure that we can, can continue to be globally competitive, not just competitive with Iowa, but others, right? Right. And so that work that was done there on paid family and medical leave, uh, we believe it represents what Minnesotans need, workers need, uh, 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 business owners need. A really balanced approach. So thank you for uh, a thank you to you as well as all the others who came to really help us. Uh, uh, pass, uh, uh, paid family and medical leave.
0: Yeah, I I also uh, would talk about the fact that large corporations offer paid family and medical leave because they know it's valuable to their employees, but it's a lot easier for them to afford to do it. Uh, you know, if you have a, a thousand or more employees and, and, you know, three of them need to take family and medical leave, you know, you can afford it. But uh, a small company like mine where, you know, we've had, you know, at times uh, two or three employees, yeah, that's Mm -hmm. 50% of my employees all of a sudden and I need to find a way to pay them. So it made me able, you know, it it gives the small business owners a way to compete. If somebody comes and they're talking to me and it's like, I I really would like to work in your business here because it's small and I can, you know, it's a nice working environment – I don't want to work at this large corporation where the working environment I don't like as much, but they're giving me paid family and medical leave. Can you give me paid family and medical leave? And then I would have to say, well, I can't afford it. So, you know, so it opens up opportunities for workers and right. and small business owners. And uh, so that was part of my selling plan, too. Um, I, I, but you, you kind of made me think of another question. So uh, when... The process was going on and the doors were open and you were talking to, you know, everybody was talking to people uh, about all of this, not just paid family and medical leave, but I'm sure a lot of other legislation where you were leaving the doors open and then they were stalling, 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 and you had to, at some point, you had to shut the doors. How did that pan
1: out? Well, um, as you know, because you pay a a lot of attention to the legislative process, then you had... Uh, many uh, folks from the other side of the aisle saying on the floor uh, that you're just pushing it through and you mm-hmm. didn't take any of our ideas, that you didn't uh, listen to us. And that just simply wasn't true because we really tried to work across the aisle because we all do better when we all do better. Yep. If we have good ideas from both sides of the aisle, that's great. But but it has to be done in good faith in order to make sure that it's people-centered, not ideologically centered, but people centered. And so the policies that we were so fortunate to really push forward were people centered, whether it's driver's license for all or the Crown Act or, you know, uh, uh, Social Security, whatever it was, we really tried to make sure that it was people centered. Even when we we think in terms of our budget bills, we wanted to make sure it was people
0: centered. Yeah. Yeah. And I think you did a great job. And I I think, you know, the vast majority of Minnesotans are very grateful for what the DFL has done in this last session. Say, would you be able to stay through a short break for a little longer?
1: Yes.
0: Okay, I'll great. I'd happy to. Great. We just have to take one one more short break, and then uh, I have a couple more thoughts that I uh, would love to hear uh, your reaction to. You're listening to AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. Todd Mickelson in for Matt McNeil, and we're talking with Senator Bobby Joe Champion, the president of the Minnesota Senate. We'll be right back. Rush on AM 950. The progressive voice of Minnesota, Todd Mickelson, sitting in on the Matt McNeil Show, and we have on the line Senator Bobby Joe Champion. He is the president of the Minnesota Senate. And uh, what I wanted to touch base with you on, you, I believe you first got elected to the legislature in 2008?
1: That is correct. Oh. Um, I first served two terms in the House uh, in oh eight, and then in 2012 is when... Um, I got elected to the
0: Senate. Right. And have you noticed then, you know, there's so much contention in today's politics, and I believe it kind of started uh, with like people like Newt Gingrich in the mid-90s, where they started to call the the other side of the aisle their enemy instead of just their colleagues on the other side of the aisle. And I uh, witnessed that quite a bit, too, in the Minnesota legislature. Do you think it's gotten worse over the years?
1: I do think it's gotten worse over the years, and I would agree with you that in '08, what I found very surprising when I first got elected, and I was on the ballot for the very first time with uh, 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 President uh, Barack Obama, mm-hmm. and when we heard Mitch McConnell come out and say that it's his job in order to make sure that uh, President Obama was going to be a one-term president, I knew uh, that was continuing to erode our democracy and our ability to see that we are supposed to uh, uh, represent the government. And, yeah. and, and when we're the government, we, it's we the people, right? And who would want to just make sure someone's a one-term president and want to uh, throw uh, as many spokes uh, or sticks in the spokes? That means Minnesotans, excuse me, that means Minnesotans, that means uh, citizens are being hurt. Yeah. Uh, and and uh, when that language was just being embraced and celebrated, I knew that we were going to continue to erode our democracy, and I was very upset about that. And when you think in terms of the legislature, so if we bring it from the federal government to the state level, we had situations where um, individuals wouldn't even hear Democratic bills, right? it yeah. was a Democrat, whether it was a good idea or a bad idea, it wouldn't, it wouldn't be heard. And there was no such thing as compromise, right? You know, compromise has been at the bedrock of of moving us forward and try to find a way for there to be consensus, at least on some level. And you're absolutely right. And it's continuing to erode. If you think about January 6th and what has happened there, we all as Americans should be upset. Yeah. Because this is our democracy. This is our country. This is our beacon of of hope and light that we are uh, uh, showing to people all across the globe, right? Um, what, What we're supposed to be about and why, fair elections and 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 equality and equity is important, and so yes I've seen an erosion it's been very problematic it's it's, it's become more ideologically driven as opposed to people centered and you hear me a lot saying people centered yeah because it is supposed to be about the people right, right. and somehow that's being missed
0: uh yeah, and i th- so this last session where everything went so well um did did it feel better, because <laughs> you know we we've, we've had a split government for so many years now, and then this time the Democrats took control, and you were able to get tons of stuff done. did that feel better or or was the contention still kind of r- harshing your buzz, so to speak
1: <laughs> so so both things can be true, right? so but it did feel better to be able to move things along and get some things done, uh, and Minnesota was very clear that they didn't want. Gridlock. They want us to get things done, and yeah. so we were trying to do that. But yet, and still, we would see, you know, as often as humanly possible, that uh, that stench of of contention, where it was just all about, I want to make it difficult for you. I don't want to make it uh, easy for you. Therefore, I don't want to make it easy for the citizens of Minnesota to right. get the uh, get their uh, desired outcomes. And so both things can be true. And I did see that, but we really tried, and and me even being president, tried to really articulate the fact that I wanted to create an environment for all voices to be heard within the rules and for things to be appropriate. Yes. Because debate is good, but if it's really intended to help drive policy or sharpen policy. And so um, both things were happening. And so I just would hope that we can build on the things that we did last uh, session or last year, this year, so we can continue to move forward
0: Right. Yes. Um, Say, we're running out of time, sadly. I could talk to you for hours. This has been a a pleasure. Thank you so much for lending us your time. And uh, we've been talking to Senator Bobby Joe Champion, and I hope to maybe meet you down at the Capitol building sometime, uh, Senator Champion. Thanks again.
1: I can't wait, and thank you for having me, and I look forward to talking with you soon, and have a wonderful, wonderful weekend.
0: All right. You too, and stay warm. You've been listening to the Progressive Voice of Minnesota, AM 950. Todd Mickelson sitting in on the Matt McNeil Show. Matt will be back on Tuesday, and I don't know when I'll be back, but uh, we'll talk to you soon.